Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And good afternoon. Jason Vandeveer with you here on Calvary Live. Welcome and thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate all of our listeners on Grace FM this afternoon in Colorado and Wyoming. All our Truth FM listeners, welcome to you in Kentucky, North Carolina and Tennessee. And then, of course, Hope FM the Northeast, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Welcome to all of you. If you want to join me here on the program, as you heard with your prayer request uh, or your Bible question, you can do so by calling 303-690-3000. That's the number to call, same number for all. If you prefer to text, you can do so. It's a different number, 720-336-0800. Nine seven seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Do me a favor if you do text. Uh, give me your prayer request or question if you can in a in a sentence or so, so that we can uh, digest it uh, quickly and answer as many of those as possible uh, on the air. So two numbers if you want to join us on the program. That's preferred. Uh, I'd much rather rather talk to you, but I'm happy to receive your text as well. But if you want to join me on the program, 303-690-3000 uh, or to text 720-336-0897. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Jason Vanderveer with you. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado, and uh, you can find out more information about Calvary Chapel Parker, about uh, our fellowship at Calvary Chapel Parker. Dot com. That's CalvaryChapelParker.com. All sorts of uh, great free resources there available for you. You can pick any book of the Bible that you like and uh, download or stream audio or video messages from that book and just go through and study an entire book. There's no cost. Uh, there's no catch, no information that's collected. You can just go and utilize that at any time, CalvaryChapelParker.com. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, I've got a lot going on throughout the week. If you're going to be in the Parker, Colorado area, um, we have service next opportunity to be Sunday morning. So if you want to join us on Sunday morning, just go to our website, and you get service time and directions and address and all that uh, sort of pertinent uh, details. If you want to join us uh, throughout the week, we've got prayer, we've got uh, midweek service, children's ministry, youth ministry, women's ministry, young adults, empty nesters, a lot of different things happening at the church. encourage you to take advantage of that, whether you're local here and close enough to Calvary Chapel to join us, or whether you want to take advantage online, calvarychapelparker.com. And as I said, I'm Jason Vandiver. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel Parker. And every once in a while, uh, you can hear me on this program here. And I love it uh, when uh, when you call in. That's what really makes this program uh well, it makes it so enjoyable, not only uh, for me, but I think for those that call and certainly for those who listen and are learning uh, from the different questions that are asked and, and the answers and the passages that we have an opportunity to go through, as well as uh, having an opportunity just to pray uh, for you. So if you want to join me on the program, 
303-690-3000. And of course, uh, many of you listening live, uh, some of you uh, in the South and in the Northeast listening on a one-week delay, but you can call in live 303-690-3000, or if you prefer to text, 720-336-0897, and we'll answer as many of those texts as we can uh, on the air as well. Uh, now's a really good time, actually, to call at the top of the hour is usually uh, pretty good because, um, you know, it takes a little while for the phones to warm up, and later on, sometimes we can have uh, people waiting to get on the program. But right now, I can tell you that we've got uh, all lines open for you. So if you call in right now, we'll get you through and get you on the air uh, with uh, little or no wait, depending on how quickly you pick up the phone and and uh, and do so. But uh, 303-690-3000 with your prayer request uh, or with your Bible question. Hey, uh, this uh, last night, in fact, uh, we're continuing actually on Wednesday nights at Calvary Chapel Parker uh, in the book of 1 Samuel. And last night we just began uh, looking at David's period of time where he's on the run from Saul, probably a period of time that lasted about seven years uh, or so in the life of David. Uh, so it uh, you know, you, we read through it in a few chapters, but uh, you know this was a fairly substantial amount of time and and a significant period in David's life. But we began looking last night at chapters 21 and 22 of First Samuel and and uh, David's uh, time on the run from Saul. Great encouragement there, uh, particularly from some of the early mistakes uh, that David makes uh, in that period of time. So you can check that out uh, actually at CalvaryChapelParker.com. You can watch or download that message, or you can join us next week as we continue uh, in chapter 23 on Wednesday nights, uh, looking, uh, or on next Wednesday night, and continuing in 1 Samuel, uh, looking at David's life on the run. Or you can join us Sunday morning. We just began last Sunday uh, the book of Ezra, covering the first couple of chapters of the book of Ezra and the return of the exiles uh, from Babylon back uh, to Israel, the return of of both the northern and the southern kingdom. So fascinating study there. Uh, we got into uh, a lot of different subjects, including this notion uh, of ten lost tribes. A lot of people are under the impression uh, that there are ten lost tribes of Israel, uh, but what we see in Scripture is is that all of the tribes were unified in captivity and returned together. So fascinating study. You can get that also uh, at our website, CalvaryChapelParker.com. Let's go to the phones, though, to Darby uh, in Greeley. Darby, welcome to the program. Uh, yes, thanks. And uh, I don't have a question. I just want to show some edification in that thanks for being on the air. Uh, pastors is a really hard job. A lot of people don't understand it's one of the hardest jobs in the world to do because you cover so much and helping people. And there's thousands of churches and, and hundreds of pastors that just, you know, you get attacked more from Satan than just the regular guy. Uh, so I want to say thanks for sticking through and helping everybody out. Well, we appreciate you calling in, actually uh, saying that. And, you know, it, it, it's uh, – uh, I was telling somebody the other day, I was talking to him, and saying, well, you know um, – 
to me, uh, being a pastor is uh, not really a job, but that doesn't mean that it isn't sometimes uh, have its difficulty or uh, have its its hard aspects. Or, you know, we were talking actually before the program, and, and uh, you know, sometimes you have those those weeks after weeks where, um, you know, where it, it, things can— um, there can tend to be a lot of things that happen at once, and and it becomes uh, difficult to uh, to to get rest and and to recover. And so my heart really goes out to a lot of pastors. Uh, obviously, I I have some idea of some of the things that that uh, different pastors experience, and it sounds like uh, you do as well. And and so I think the greatest thing that people can do is just pray, uh, recognize you know that that um, uh, pastors uh, you know are human beings. Uh, whom the Lord will give extra strength to do uh, difficult things, but the reality is, is that they still uh, they still need prayer. And I've just seen so much in my life, uh, my ability to uh, to do so much more, to do a better job, to be sustained uh, because people prayed for me. You know, and uh, yes. I, yes, I appreciate my, I appreciate my your encouragement. Were, my parents were foreign missionaries, ah, so I you. understand it, it, the it's such a task. Um, I know I couldn't do it, and I'm. Uh, if I did, I would just. I don't know what I'd do because it's really a hard job to take take on a task. Because yeah. uh, yeah. people expect so much from you, and they expect you. Uh, a lot of pastors and missionaries, leaders, uh, teaching pastors to almost be perfect, and they're still sinful, and people need to understand that don't overload them. And it says. I think it's in Titus where we're supposed to, the congregation is supposed to build them up and and make them happy for what the task they got in front of them. Yeah, and and you know I, I I've had different seasons, um, and and it sounds like you've experienced a lot. You know, obviously with your parents and 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 being a missionary has its own. Uh, its own unique challenges, but you know I've had different seasons. I, I I think earlier on in the ministry, you know, we went through some some very difficult times, and 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 now uh, I, I'm just very thankful the uh, the congregation that 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 we have. Um, you know, it, it, it's not as though there aren't ever challenges, but uh, really they make my job just just kind of how you described. They they make it a lot easier. Uh, they certainly make it pleasant. You know, uh, when when I show up, uh, anytime I, I show up at the church, uh, you know, there's just such great people there, uh, such wonderful people, and uh, you know, it, it 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 really kind of makes it easier. Uh, it, it really does. It makes even the difficult things uh, that you have to do sometimes easier uh, when you're you're serving uh, folks uh, like that. And so I, I'm I'm really blessed. Uh, you know, I. I uh, uh, you know, it's uh, it sounds. I hear some kids in the background, and you probably love to ba- brag. You probably like yes. to brag on your kids. Um, well, I like to brag a little bit on our our, our on our our congregation and the people because they're just they're they're amazing and uh, uh, they've really been a blessing to to our family. So um, be a blessing to your pastors. Pray for them. Uh, love them. Uh, you know, realize uh, that that uh, that that that. Uh, you know, uh, the way that you uh, you are can can really make uh, them shine even better, uh, shine even brighter, and do an b- even better job for the Lord because of the atmosphere that you help create. Yes, and not only the pastors, but the elders too, because they yep. they get attacked even just as great. You know, uh, the deceiver is backed in the corner; he knows his time is short now, 
and we're starting to see things happen, uh, talking about Isaiah and Ezekiel, mm-hmm. and God's showing us, hey, I've got a plan, and I'm putting it together. So um, for those listening, uh, if you're not uh, real strong in your faith, get strong now, because we are in the last days, and God has a plan for each one of us. Thank you, Pastor, and, and I hope you have a good day. Hey, thanks, Darby. I appreciate. I just appreciate the conversation. I appreciate you calling in with the encouragement, and uh, thank you for all your prayers and, uh, and 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 your faithfulness. God bless you. Bye. And uh, folks, if you want to join me on the program, like Darby, we've got uh, got our lines open three zero three six nine zero three thousand three zero three six nine zero three thousand and Jason Vandeveer, I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado, uh, with you here this afternoon. And if you want to text me, uh, you can text as well, 720-336-0897. got a text here from, uh, from, from a woman asking for prayer for an unbelieving husband. Uh, and uh, let's just lift up, we don't have any names, we don't need them, Lord knows. Let's lift up uh, these uh, individuals now. Lord, I just, uh, I do lift up uh, this, uh, this gentleman, Lord, I pray for his salvation. Lord, I pray wherever he is uh, right now, Lord, that you would get his attention. Lord, that you would reveal yourself to him, that, uh, that, that by whatever means necessary, uh, Lord, that you would draw him to you and uh, that you you would humble him and cause him to surrender, Lord, and, and give him that gift of faith. And Lord, I just pray for his wife that uh, that she wouldn't grow weary in praying for him and in, in loving him and in, in doing good, Lord, uh, and, and in trusting you uh, to, uh, to draw him. And uh, Lord, and to work in his life, and and to uh, to just wait uh, by faith uh, for you to work. And so I pray for this woman for for patience uh, to endure. I, I I don't know if she's endured for a long time uh, already, or or if this is something uh, relatively recent their marriage. But uh, but Lord, I just pray, uh, regardless, Lord, that you would just give her strength and be with her, and 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 encourage her, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Hey folks, uh, again, uh, 303-690-3000, uh, if you want to join me on the program, Jason Vandiver, pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado, you can text me also, 720-336-0897 is, uh, is the number for texting. And uh, we have another question here regarding the mark of the beast. Text question says, does the Bible mention what uh, the mark of the beast will actually be? I seem to always hear it referenced uh, as a microchip. Yes, um, you know, that uh, seems to be a popular uh, sentiment uh, 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 in books, especially probably really over the last 20 years that I've read, you know, that that the mark of the beast is, you know, some sort of technology-driven thing. Um, in, In the Scripture, it, we see it's it's uh, it's the number of Satan. It's it's the number of the beast. The number of his name six hundred and sixty six. So uh, you know we don't uh, you know when you when you look at the Bible um, you don't get the sense so much uh, of technology uh, you know um, uh, as you do that that there is some sort of uh, of image on the right hand or on on the forehead of individuals, we see this in, in Revelation thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, uh, uh, nineteen, and uh, also in chapter twenty there. Um, but uh, um, 
you know, we don't get the sense that it's so much technology driven. I think what happens is, is you know, we see the advancement of technology and and the need for technology. Uh, you know, for example, who you know who hasn't had their credit card number stolen? Um, you know, gosh, I. Uh, we, we, we've had that happen over the last few years a few times and, you know, you got to go through and change account numbers or some people have had their, their check, uh, checking account information uh, stolen and so forth. And so, you know, you could see how convenient uh, technology would be something in the hand or a thumbprint or, or something like that. And the technology now exists. We see uh, companies microchipping their employees uh, so that, uh, you know, they can enter and exit their facilities and with a swipe of a hand. So we see the technology there. It's it's possible that somehow this technology will will be related to the number uh, of the beast and and could then you know be a facial scan or a scan of the hand and some sort of technology there. Uh, but ultimately, it's related to the beast, and no man is allowed to buy or sell. Uh, in during the tribulation period, there uh, after the revelation of the Antichrist and the forced uh, receiving of the mark of the beast, no one will be able to buy or sell or really live uh, without uh, or without great difficulty uh, without taking the mark of the beast. And so um, it's quite possible that it could be something very rudimentary, like a a, a tattoo, uh, or it could be something more technological, but we know uh, that it is tied uh, to the the number uh, gematria, a, a, a numerical aspect uh, to the name uh, of the beast and, and of Satan there. So fascinating uh, subject. We will have to, uh, as the church, we'll have been raptured, we'll be with the Lord, and we'll have a very good vantage point to uh, to see some of these things unfold, and we'll have to see uh, how these things uh, unfold before us there uh, during that particular point in time. Hey, if you uh, want to join me, 303-690-3000, and let's go to Dan uh, in Denver. Dan, welcome to the program. Hi, Jason. Um, I was hi, just going to make a comment about the mark of the beast. I believe it's yep. in... Revelation 13, it talks about not being able to buy or sell unless you have the mark. And yep. it would make sense to me, like we've got the push for cryptocurrencies or electronic currencies today, that if we completely get away from all cash currency and we go to digital currency, then they would be able to require you have a computer chip or a mark to be able to buy or sell at that point. Yeah. So I kind of see that the cryptocurrencies is kind of pushing towards that. So my view, I kind of see it as a real electronic thing to keep us to be able to buy or sell or not. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, it, it, you're exactly right. You know, and uh, um, Revelation thirteen seventeen there is is of course what you reference. You know, not being able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast, and so. You know, it's quite possible that there's going to be some sort of technological aspect, particularly if you see, you know, a a one-world monetary system and and considering that that very well may be a cashless system like you mentioned, um, you know, where you have an account somehow tied to, you know, to the mark of the beast, you could see exactly how this works, you know, because we're not that far off. Well, the technology exists right now to do all of this. You know, oh, yeah, so, we've got Bitcoin today, and what's kind of scary right. is we don't know where Bitcoin came from. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, it, it, it's pretty interesting to to say the least. I always encourage people, you know, look, um, you know, they call and they say things. Well, like, is Bitcoin the mark of the beast, or you know, is my employer asking, you know, uh, me to take a microchip, you know, the mark of the beast? These things, you know, people won't mistake. They'll know. Of course, we're not in the great tribulation period, but they'll know what the mark of the beast is. But that doesn't mean that somehow uh, it won't be tied uh, technologically. But they'll know exactly uh, what they're receiving at that time. There'll be no mistaking it, or no, it, not, it, it won't happen by accident. And people today don't need to necessarily worry about uh, such technologies or taking advantage of some of these technologies, uh, particularly from a security aspect. Um, but uh, but it, 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 it certainly is going to be interesting, isn't it? I would still be very skeptical on putting any computer chip in my hand. Yeah, you know, there's, uh, like I said, there's a few companies now that have done this, and <clears throat> mostly it was uh, um, uh, access, uh, like facility access. And, and one one company I saw, I think it, it, it not only controlled access to the facility, I think it controlled like all the vending machines and things like that. Too. Yeah, so, I think I've seen that there in Europe all over the place as well. Yeah, exactly. And so I guess you get your cup of coffee. You get in to work in the morning and get your cup of coffee with a swipe of the hand. <laughs> so, you know, but uh, yeah, I, you know, there's other factors. I don't, I'm not sure I want to have a, uh, a ch- I think I'm with you. I'm not so so sure I'm totally ready to have a, a, a microchip in my hand. But you could see that, um, for example, <clears throat> like with medical records, too. Um, you know, there's been talk about that, you know, basically, you know, putting all of your 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 medical records uh, on a on a chip, and then you know, whenever you go to your primary care, or you go to a specialist, or you go to the hospital, or the emergency room, or to a pharmacy, or something like that, you know, basically your records could be accessed, could be updated. You know, there's there's there, it, it's intriguing uh, to say the least. Uh, but, but I guess uh, but, we could always do that with a retinal scan or a fingerprint as well. Yeah, you don't necessarily. Yeah, exactly. You may not necessarily need a need a chip, you know. So I, I kind of try to look at it, you know. Like I remember when the ATM machine came out, you know. And prior to that, we were we were making our deposits at the bank through the tubes, you know. You remember right. that? You you drive up and put your stuff in the tube and send it down the chute, you know, to the teller over on the other side of the window, and 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 so you know, I, I remember for a long time you'd have ATMs and then you still had the tubes. You know, for the people that didn't want to use the ATM, so I try to be someone that you know I I, I get with the times, but but at uh, at, at some point, uh, you know, during the Great Tribulation period, obviously, as I said, I believe we'll be will be raptured. That is one technology uh, or or process or procedure that people don't want to be uh, early, middle, or late adopter of. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, interesting right. conversation, Dan. Appreciate you calling in. Thank you, Jason. Have a good afternoon. God bless you. Take care. Folks, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. We've got a few minutes, about five minutes, before we got to go into a break. Now's a great time uh, to give us uh, a call here on Calvary Live with your prayer request uh, or uh, with your question, maybe a follow-up comment. Uh, interesting line of, uh, of conversation there uh, regarding... Uh, the 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 mark of the beast, uh, but uh, fascinating. We'll have to wait and see. We can only speculate, and and it's good not to do too much of that about uh, this. But uh, but it's not hard to see how some of these things uh, uh, can be a reality and how they might be related uh, to technology. But if you want to join me on the program, three zero three six nine zero three thousand or seven two zero three three six zero eight. 
9-7. I got another text question here. It says, what is the best way to stop being bitter and to get rid of bitterness and a bad attitude? Uh, this is a believer from a, a, a believer uh, who says that they, they are a believer, but but they don't like uh, this attitude uh, that they see uh, in themselves. Well, <clears throat> you know, Typically, uh, when I find there, there's a lot of things, obviously that 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 can cause bitterness. But I think one of the the greatest um, cures to to anger and to bitterness and to its close uh, relative uh, a, a lack of forgiveness um, is is to realize what we've been forgiven of. To realize uh, that that God is not bitter uh, toward us, uh, that that God is not uh, angry toward us, uh, that God is not uh, you know unloving, or uh, that He doesn't carry a grudge uh, uh, toward us. And when we begin to to just realize uh, all that the Lord has done for us, uh, then then we tend to drop some of these attitudes. And, uh, you know, Jesus talked about this in Luke 7. Uh, he talked about uh, um, he, he talked about those who, uh, who uh, are forgiven much, uh, who uh, love much. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting uh, in, in, that, uh, in that passage there, um, there's a sinful woman uh, who's, who's forgiven and, and uh, Jesus says she loved much uh, and the same, those that are forgiven live a little, love little. Well, there's no one really that's been forgiven a little bit, uh, particularly a believer, um, but there's some people that, that in their minds they've been forgiven a little. In other words, they don't have a real sense uh, of how much they've been forgiven. And so um, it's easy to become bitter. It's easy to become angry. It's easy to become uh, or to develop uh, unlo- an unloving attitude. And so it's good in those times to just step back and ask the Lord, Lord, uh, just uh, let me be reminded uh, of all that you've delivered me from, of all that you've done for me and how you're not bitter, how you're not unforgiving, how you're not unloving, how you're not uh, angry with me, and then help me extend that same attitude uh, toward others. And, uh, you know, out of that gratitude for what the Lord has done for us, uh, we see a whole new uh, attitude develop in us, not only in terms of our relationship to God, uh, but our relationship toward others. Also, I think a a, a key component of bitterness uh, can be pride. It's so frustrating, but pride is at the root of so many problems. I mean, uh, you know, it seems like nine times out of ten, our bad attitudes and problems uh, are usually related to pride. And 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 this goes along with what I just said: the pride of of not realizing all that the Lord has delivered us from and and done for us, and how nothing that we have and nothing that we are uh, is is really of us. It's a gift. It's the grace of God. And so, you know, when our pride is stripped away, and that's a good thing, uh, then we become, we tend to become quite different uh, people. And so uh, my encouragement uh, in, in regard to this text is just uh, to pray and to ask the Lord to just to remind you daily uh, of all that he's done for you, all that he's delivered you from, and how he's done it all by his grace. And 
and not because of you. And, and when we remember those things and when we remember it's not us, uh, then we tend to start approaching uh, those around us in a lot different way. And, uh, but it's easy to get caught in these, in these ruts of uh, uh, you know, thinking that we're something that we're not and not remembering where exactly we came from and then developing these attitudes uh, toward us, uh, hanging on to petty things uh, sometimes. And uh, if it's just a matter of burying those things, then, uh, then, then, then bury that bitterness, let it go, uh, and move forward. Hey, we've got uh, just about a minute here before we go into a, a very short break. Uh, but if you want to join me on the other side of the break, I'd love to have you do, do so. <clears throat> do so. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. That's the number to call. Got all our lines open going into the break, so now would be a great time to call. We can get your call, a prayer request, or question lined up for the other side of the break. If you want to text me, 720-336-0897. You're listening to Jason Vanderveer here on Calvary Live. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. You can get more information about us, calvarychapelparker.com. But like I said, how about joining me uh, here on Calvary Live after the break here, the other side of the break here, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. That's uh, our number, and we'll get you on the air. And uh, as I mentioned, it's a great time uh, during the break to uh, to get all those calls and everything lined up. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome back. This is Jason Vanderveer with you here on Calvary Live. And uh, if you want to join me on the program, uh, I mentioned uh, before, 303-690-3000 is the number uh, to call, and uh, you can join me uh, on the air here. We've got all our lines open today, and uh, so, you know, you can uh, you can take advantage of that. And uh, again, if you're listening in Colorado, Wyoming, or uh, if you're listening in Kentucky, North Carolina, or Tennessee on Truth FM, or Hope FM in Maryland, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, welcome to you. And you can uh, use that number that I gave you just a moment ago, 303-690-3000, uh, or if you prefer to text 720-336-0897, I have a prayer request here. It says, please pray I learn about the fear of the Lord and being uh, a child uh, in faith. And, you know, a couple of great subjects, obviously the fear of the Lord. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and uh, a good understanding uh, have those who who keep his word and also uh, separately from that, this idea of having a simple uh, or childlike faith. Uh, a lot of people have trouble with this notion of the fear of the Lord. It, it's not terror uh, of the Lord. It's a, it's a respect and and a fear of the Lord keeps us uh, is is one of the things that helps keep us in a close and right relationship with the Lord. That healthy respect uh, for God and for His holiness and and wanting to please Him, and uh, also then this uh, kind of in, in a way and a 
uh, a nicely uh, associated idea of just a simple childlike faith. Let's pray for this person texting in. Lord, we do just lift up this believer and all believers in ourselves, Lord, uh, that that we would maintain a healthy uh, fear and respect of you. And also, Lord, that uh, in a day of complexity, in these days of complexity and so many questions and 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 everything, Lord, that that our faith would be simple, that our faith would be would would be childlike, that that we would just trust you and we would believe you and we would come to you. And so we just pray, especially for this listener who has texted him, Lord, that that you would bless them, uh, Lord, that you would hear their prayer uh, and that you would answer according to your will uh, as is best for them. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Uh, great, uh, great uh, text question there, and our prayer request, I should say, uh, there from this listener. Actually, we've had a uh, quite a few uh, really good uh, uh, text questions uh, today here, and so if you want to uh, want to join me by that route, you can do so. Seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven, and good job keeping those uh, short and to the point, so I can actually read them and and then answer them on the air. But if you want to join me uh, by phone, I love hearing your your voice actually uh, much more than trying to imagine your voice through a text. But three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number if you want to join me on the program. And let's go to Jerry in New Jersey. Uh, Jerry, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? I'm doing really Hi. well. How are you? Great, thank you. It's beautiful. The sun is shining. That yeah. is good. Exactly, uh, yeah. I have a, uh, my question is, being brought up, they always said, if you receive the 666 revelation, right. they're doomed. But as I'm reading in Revelation, and I've been reading it over and studying it, because I pray that the Holy Spirit, because I'm blind, so it's not like I can go to other things besides my Bible that mm-hmm. I have in Braille. Right. So I constantly read, because I really want to get it and understand it. And then chapter 16, in a couple different places, says they still will not, you still will not repent and, and acknowledge me as God. Do they, because my son was arguing with me the other day about it, and I seem to think that these individuals that they're talking about have received it. And so that was my question. Someone that received the mark of the beast during the tribulation time, can they still repent and be forgiven? What we see um, in, we don't see any evidence that they do. So, okay. for example, in, in the passage in, in Revelation 16, 2, um, and then also in chapter 19, verse 20, and uh, in Reve- Revelation 20, verse 4, I want to look at those. The first one is the one that you brought up in, in Revelation 16, um, or I think that you were referencing in Revelation 16, 2. It talks about where the, um, the first bowl uh, of the seven bowls of God's wrath are poured out. And it says mm-hmm. that the first bowl is poured out on the earth, and this foul and this sore comes upon those who had received the mark of the beast and who had worshipped uh, his image. And so we see judgment coming upon them there. And then when you go to chapter 19, uh, verse 20, it says the beast was captured with him, the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, 
by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two are cast alive uh, into the lake of fire burning with brimstone, uh, and the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. So we see, again, further judgment uh, upon those who have received the mark of the beast. And then in Revelation 20, verse 4, it says, I saw the thrones and they that sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for, their wor- and for the word of God who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So we see a contrast there between uh, genuine believers uh, coming out of the the great tribulation and those who had received the mark of the beast. So um, the the point is is that we don't see any evidence uh, of people who have received the mark of the beast being willing to repent or ever repenting, uh, but we see simply that they are deceived and ultimately that they're judged. So it, 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 I would answer it probably more like this. I would say it's not so much that, that, that God cannot forgive, but that by virtue of the fact that they receive the mark of the beast, they demonstrate that they're at a point where they're beyond the place where they will receive forgiveness. Okay, because where I was referred to is when the milk stones that weigh 100 pounds fall uh-huh. on the people. And then after that little portion there, in my Bible, in the, in the National, um, it says, you still won't repent and acknowledge me as God. Right. That's why I was kind of confused. I was wondering, like, who are these people? Yeah. Because and, I know and... the ones that accept I mean, don't accept the beast, you're going to be killed, or I know they got to live through some very horrific times. Right. So I'm just a little, just wondering, that's all. Yeah, there's there's people, so the, the passage that you're talking about, I'd have to look and see if it references the mark of the beast as well. Um, I think you're talking about, it, it, it goes back to, um, I'd have to look, it may go all, as far back as chapter 6, but uh, basically what what you, you have is you have people during the tribulation that, that God is pouring out all of these judgments on them, and yet they still won't repent. In fact, their their hearts even become harder. You, you have interesting an interesting kind of uh, 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 result, shall we say, for people during the Great Tribulation. Obviously, the church is raptured, but but we see in Revelation seven and elsewhere that that there are many people uh, that come to Christ, both Jews and Gentiles, uh, during the Great Tribulation period. And and some of them are martyred for their faith, and we see those martyred, uh, and we see them before the Lord in the book of Revelation. Some of them survive on earth. We also see that, that of those that are unbelievers, some of those die in judgment, and some of those survive the great tribulation only to be judged um, at the return of Jesus Christ at the close of the Great Tribulation. So that's something important to keep in mind as well. But circling, okay. back to, circling back to our original kind of conversation and question, we don't see any evidence uh, that those that receive uh, the mark of the beast, the number of his name, uh, that any of those ever repent or, or are saved. Okay, that ex- okay, that clears yep. it up. I appreciate it, and thank you so much. I was just wondering, because I know he's a merciful God, but I know if we choose to take, people choose to take the, be- the mark of the beast. Mm-hmm. But also I know that during the time when people are on their deathbed, but I mean, I know it's a whole different scenario there. He does, like I was telling my son, he never gives up. Mm-hmm. So you take your last breath. So I was just wondering, I was reading that, that's all. I was just 
was one and once they did, you know, because I know how merciful God is, but if if they could have have a chance, if they took it and figured, oh, no, I made a mistake, then could they repent at that time or not? That's what I was just wondering. Yeah, no, and, and, and when we look at it, we what we see in the Bible is there doesn't seem to be any evidence that they that, that anyone does. Um, okay. And so it, it kind of goes along with with the other part of your question, in that in, in that people just seem to be they, they either repent or they become harder, you know. During mm-hmm. and, and that's true not just of the Great Tribulation that can be true uh, at other times as well, but certainly during the Great Tribulation that seems to be the case. They either repent or, or they become harder. And those that receive uh, receive the mark of the beast, it's kind of like Pharaoh. They seem to be uh, hardened. Their hearts are hardened, and they themselves harden harden their hearts. And they're cursing God, which I read that in numerous places. Exactly. Well. I really appreciate it, but uh, could I ask you to pray for my um, older son? He's not, he's walked away from the Lord, and he's really gotten kind of hard, and it kind of scares me when sure. I know how, you know, close to the time of the Lord, and I talk to him, but he says, I don't want to hear it, and the whole nine yards. So if you sure. would pray, his name is Art. Art, Father, we lift up Art. I thank you for Jerry, first of all, Lord, and uh, just bless this uh, mom and bless her as she's uh, ministering to to uh, to her adult kids. And Lord, I just pray that uh, that you would continue to bless her as she studies your word and and continue to use her, uh, Lord. And I pray that you'd give her the wisdom, Lord, what to share with Art and and the continued diligence just to be concerned for him and to love him and to pray for him. And Lord, we just pray that that uh, that you would draw him back. Lord, that you would just uh, work in his heart, Lord, and 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 just once again remind him of your love and your presence. And Lord, we pray that you, you, your love and 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 your grace uh, would just draw him back uh, to yourself. And Lord, we just pray that you'd work in Art's life, even at this very moment, Lord, that you'd send people his way, circumstances his way, uh, whatever it takes, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. And I love the Hope Radio. I get so much out of it. And thank you, and God bless you. May the Lord richly bless you and everybody else at the station. And thank thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Jerry. God bless you. Hey, folks, uh, let's uh, go to Linda in Millican, Colorado. Linda, welcome to the program. Hi, Linda. I have a question here. Yeah, how are Um, you? Good. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) When, When you die, uh, what, what does our body... Is, what is it like in heaven at that time until we get a new heavenly body later? Right. So Paul talks about this in uh, in Second Corinthians chapter five, uh, beginning in verse six. He he says this, and and he says that uh, um, we are always confident, knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. We walk by faith, not by sight. We're confident, yes, well-pleased, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. James says in his epistle uh, that the spirit uh, without the body is dead. So that's really the definition uh, of death is is that uh, when our spirit is disembodied. So let's answer your question then with that scriptural context in mind. A believer who dies today, their spirit and their soul, because you're a three-part being, the Bible teaches us that we're spirit, soul, and body. Spirit is the highest level of a person, uh, that level on which we commune with God. It is really only alive 
in the person who is born again. And uh, so the born again person really only is alive in the spirit and has the ability to commune with God. And then there's the, the level of the soul, the consciousness, uh, reason and emotion. And then there's the physical body. Well, the physical body, which is what, you know, most people see as you is really kind of the least uh, uh, important aspect of you. It's it's really more like something you wear. It's it's like your clothing. It's 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 kind of uh, you know it, it, it's a container, uh, if you will. It's right. something that that you need really to to participate in life and to to live life. You you need a body. Uh, but when you die and when this body stops working for one reason or another, your spirit and soul go to be with the Lord. And so at for a time, they're disembodied, awaiting the resurrection of the body, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And the reason that they have to wait a resurrected body or a transformed body is because this body that we live in now cannot inhabit eternity. I kind of put it like this, you know, a person goes into space and they uh, they need a spacesuit. If they go to Mars, they they need a special suit that creates a you know a, a, an atmosphere inside of it for that individual to breathe and to live. Because this body that we have isn't designed to live on Mars. Well, the same is true of this body in eternity. It's not designed. It's not capable uh, of being our body in eternity. And therefore, when it dies, eventually. Uh, in in the resurrection, it's going to be transformed. We're going to receive a new and glorified spiritual body that our spirit and soul will will unite with and 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 dwell in for all eternity. So uh, to kind of come back to this this whole idea and try to bring it all together, when you die, your spirit and soul goes to be with the Lord right now, awaiting the resurrection of. The body, and so there is a period of time, theoretically, where you don't have uh, a, a body, but your spirit and soul is with the Lord until the resurrection of the body. Right, I get that, but I can't wrap my mind around uh, like being without this shell. Sure. You know, you know what I mean. So yeah. we communicate with the Lord, and and whatever happens up there, you know, in heaven when we pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but are we going to know we don't have that body or we're just, gonna, are we going to communicate and it's going to be like, uh, um, well, again, you're, you're are we again, knowing we don't have the body? It's, I don't know. I just got yeah. some really deep questions about that. <laughs> well, I think that you will know. Yeah. I don't think that you're going to be unaware that you don't have have your resurrected body. I think that, 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 uh, you know, you're going to be very aware and the things that we're talking about now, you certainly will be in, will be conscious of those things there as well. But, but you won't be, it's not as though you won't be able to communicate because remember you're in the spiritual realm and primarily you're communicating with God in the spirit anyway. And so your body is not, not truly essential for communing, uh, with God, but God knows that you need, uh, a, a transformed physical body for eternity in order to fully participate and enjoy every aspect of eternity. And that's why he's going to give you one. Now, let me just throw another kind of curveball at you. Um, so, so eternity is outside of time, right? 
And and, right. and 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 so right now you and I are speaking about things from the perspective of time and and, and linear in a, in a linear sense. In other words, one thing leads to another, one moment leads to another and to another and to another. But but outside of eternity, you know, or outside of time, it's not that way. And so so it's difficult to say, you know, is there going to be a period? You you can't really say is there going to be a period of time in eternity where you recognize that you don't have this body and where you're missing something for a period of time because time doesn't exist. You're dwelling in eternity. And let me throw it to you this way. Um, so someone dies now and someone dies uh, seven days from now. Do they arrive in eternity at the same time? You, you, you see oh. what I'm saying? Do you, do you see what yeah. I'm saying? And therefore, if I die now and the resurrection happens according to time later on, do I simultaneously? You, you see what I'm saying? There, there's just too many things that we don't know. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It's hard but, to really wrap your mind around it, but <laughs> yeah. When we get into the <laughs> when we get into the physics of it, uh, we can know this that that God is going to assure that we are taken care of, and that and that eternity and the eternal state in heaven will truly be heaven. Right. So and maybe we're not I just be afraid of any of this, are we? Even though we're Christians, do you no. think do people the Christians get kind of afraid of of uh, because we don't know? Well, I, mean, I think I kind of, sometimes I, I feel fear, and I, I. But yeah, I love the Lord so much, and well, you know, I don't think I that. Yeah, I, I don't think that we're afraid of being with the Lord. I don't think that we're afraid of heaven. I don't think that we're afraid of eternity. I think if Christians are honest, what if they are afraid? What they might be afraid of is the act of dying. You know, in other words, because it's the unknown. What what is that going to be like? But we know that that's a you know that that's relatively short, and and then we go to be with the Lord. But I think if Christians are honest, the the only thing that they might be afraid of is is the actual process uh, of death. Right, but right. but uh, and and, yeah. and but beyond that, you know, because that's the unknown. We we don't know exactly what that transition is going to be like, and and it's and it can be quite different for different. Uh, for different people, but uh, but beyond that, I I uh, you know, and, and even in that, I I believe that there's nothing to fear. But as human beings, you know, we're subject to these things. You know, we're subject to you know to to uh, sometimes you know our faith is uh, well a lot of times unfortunately our faith is imperfect and we and and we have things that we're afraid of. Right. Well, you have opened my eyes to a lot of things, and that really did answer a, a lot of things I was uh, uh, questioning. So I. I appreciate you very much. Hey, thanks for I your call. I did meet you. I met you one time in uh, Dave Love's church down in Castle Rock. <laughs> uh, what and a you great and your family I met, and you were so very nice. Well, thank you so much for for saying that, Linda. And, and Pastor Dave has a great church at Calvary there, there in Castle Rock. And you know, if you ever down again, come down to uh, come down and and uh, worship with us at Calvary Chapel and Parker sometime. I will when I'm down there. Absolutely. Yep. Come and say hello. God bless you. And folks, three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number to call. Let's go to Larry uh, in Greeley. Larry, welcome to the program. Thanks, Pastor. So I have a question. I was listening to Grace Upon Grace the other morning, and he was talking about the omnipresence of God. Mm -hmm. And I remember elsewhere in the Bible that it says that Hell is the eternal separation from God. So if God is fully present in all of his glory, everywhere, every place, all the time, 
what then is the separation from him that is hell? Yeah, and, and so, you know, this idea uh, of omnipresence, it's important to understand. It's not that, that, that God is—it's uh, not—first of all, let's talk about what it's not. It's not this idea that, um, that God is, is in uh, everything, um, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, some sort—certain, you know, theologies where God is in the tree and so forth. But it, but it is this idea that, that God is, is continuously present— you know, throughout his his creation, that that he's everywhere. Um, but also, it doesn't preclude this idea that God can withdraw his presence uh, from from certain places. That that there can be places that God chooses uh, to to not abide in terms of his presence. Um, I think of 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 Jesus when he was on the cross and and he experienced separation. And and he cried out, uh, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why, why have you forsaken me? There was clearly in 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 that instant, um, and, and for a period of time while Jesus was suffering there on the cross, uh, a, a time when God's presence even was withdrawn from the Son, when the Father's presence was even withdrawn from the Son. So when we talk about eternal separation from God, it's it's it, it's that. Um, that God can, in, in, in certain instances, for certain reasons, in certain times, in certain places, because of his holiness and even his character and his nature mandates that, uh, there can be separation. There can be places where God is not present. And I would suggest to you that, that hell is one of those, those places, uh, that, or that hell is primarily that place. Uh, the only other uh, uh, time that we see that uh, was when Jesus experienced that separation on the cross. And so uh, th- that would be my answer to that is just because God is uh, omnipresent doesn't mean that God hasn't and doesn't withdraw um, because of his holiness from certain places or at certain, you know, from individuals at certain times. Does that make sense? It does. So <clears throat> basically I would be... Uh, better to understand it as once we are in Christ and Christ is in us, then there is no separation. There is no nowhere that we can go, nowhere that he is not. Um, right. And that, and that Christ did, in fact, take that separation for us when he died on the, Christ, on the cross, and that was our punishment that he took for us with that separation. That's exactly correct, is, is that Jesus experienced, because Jesus experienced that separation on the cross, um, you know, we don't have to, to, uh, to experience that separation uh, from God, that eternal punishment, that, that life and that eternity uh, without God. Okay, well that clears it up. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, you bet. And in fact, uh, just in Second Thessalonians, uh, um, it says in, um, in in chapter one, uh, the uh, chapter one verses seven uh, through nine. There, it talks about um, those uh, who don't know God that they they're going to suffer the punishment uh, uh, away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory. Uh, uh, you know of his might, and so very clearly the the Bible describes that that that's what hell is. Uh, it's it's this separation away from from the presence of God. 
Okay, thank you. I appreciate your answer. That's yeah, you bet. You bet. And uh, hey, I appreciate the question. Uh, it, 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 it's very thought-provoking. I appreciate it, Larry. God bless you. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Cindy in Parker. Cindy, welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you for letting me um, talk to you. I wanted to share something in response to a previous caller. Yeah, and do me a favor. I just noticed I've got about three minutes left, so I just wanted to let you know that so you don't get cut off. Okay. Um, the previous caller was asking about separation from the body. Mm-hmm. Um, my son, Patrick, died two years ago from a rare disease, mm-hmm. and God walked us through um, his death in an amazing way, and that's what I wanted to share. Mm-hmm. Um, my son, Patrick, knew that he was dying, and in the months before he died, he saw an angel in our home mm-hmm. and was really comforted by that. And he was, but he was worried about the moment of death, which sure. you spoke about. Yes. And so our pastor said, Jesus will never leave you. Mm-hmm. And 10 days before Patrick died, he felt Jesus' presence in our, in our home. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, Jesus, the real one is here. Mm-hmm. And hospice people told us that kids, and he was a teenager, right. um, kids are more able to share that. Yeah. Um, adults have a filter. Right. But we had prayed that he would have a peaceful death. Mm-hmm. And Patrick died in our arms. My husband was on one side and I was on the other side. And he had been very still for a long time. But right before he passed... It was like he was reaching mm. towards Jesus, and mm. we could feel the presence of Jesus in the room. You know, and and I I so appreciate Cindy you calling in and, and and sharing that because you know the if you've ever been with someone and you obviously have and someone very close to you, your son Patrick, you know who's passed away, a believer, you know that believers die very differently than unbelievers. And so that's one thing that comforts me as a believer is is that that I know that my transition from here is is uh, is not going to be what it's what it is for the unbeliever. I know that as you said, the Lord's not going to leave me. That that He's going to come for me, and and that He's going to take me to be uh, with Him. And that's exactly what what you experience. That's what exactly what what Patrick you know uh, experienced and 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 were he here he could tell us about it but we'll experience it for ourselves and so uh, i so appreciate you calling with with that encouragement and uh, and i pray that you would be encouraged today as well uh, god bless you cindy thank you yeah thanks for calling folks uh thanks so much for listening to calvary live we will be back tomorrow uh with another program looking forward to that uh, get to Get ready to call us and join us uh, on the program tomorrow, 303-690-3000. Put that into your your phones. God bless you. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.